I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. TMS is brought to you daily by the support of our patrons at Patreon.com slash TMS, like Melissa, Nathan Dyer, and Mika Storm. Coming up on TMS, I saw Scotty drawing Santa Claus streaming on the internet last night. Oh, very nice. Shitoutacards.com. Say Schlitz slowly. Polygon scheme. Dear money, I miss you. Please come home. Mango, cucumber, seaweed stuff. Chopsticks on my mind. Stages of stupid. Vaseline milk. Gross. Free pavement pizza with Philip. The untouched crayon. Literary tits. Anti-antimum. The color of dumb. Don't call me Wendy with Wendy and more on this episode of The Morning Stream. I'm a nobody. You understand? And you can't kill a person with no body. So why am I afraid? I'm not afraid. I'm afraid of the boogeyman. Who's the boogeyman? You figure it out. Assholes. The Morning Stream. Would you like a closer look? Good morning, everyone. Welcome to TMS. It's the morning stream for December 7th, 2023. I'm Scott Johnson with Brian Ibbett. <laughs> Good morning. I was hesitant The boogeyman. The boogeyman. That guy's so weird. Well, you'll hear more from him later in our uh, mid-section, but uh, I found this yeah, audio of this guy huh? getting interviewed up in Canada. <laughs> Very odd, <laughs> odd man. Is that what we call it when we break? We call it our mid-section? Let's call it that. Our mid-section. I like it. Yes. Playing yeah. in the mid-section. Why right, not? Fair enough. We're glad you're here. Uh, it's Thursday, which means we kind of end our normal broadcast week. Don't worry. Plenty of weekend content coming, but got a big show for you, including a couple of things I want to mention here. Um, we've been busy getting Christmas cards out and gifts and things, you know, trying to ship yeah. it all, get it early enough that everybody That's gets nice. their stuff before the holiday. Right before the shipping, before shipping basically grinds everything to a halt and you say, well, enjoy your gift in May. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. for at least the last 10 years, we have sent a card, sometimes other stuff to Scott Fletcher's house because okay, Scott Fletcher's yeah. part of the family, right? Big part of the frog sure. pants family. And, uh, I just assume the stuff's always been getting there. I don't, you know, call and, and verify that. Anybody yeah. Got I anything. mean, who calls and says, Hey, just want to make sure you got my card. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody does that. Nobody does that. So, um, and if you're brand new to the show, you're like, who's Scott Fletcher? He's the voice you heard in our intro today. And he does it every day. Yeah. Uh, so, I, they reached out and just said, um, hey, you were talking about cards on Skim. Maybe it was here. I think it was Skim. And uh, 
we just we miss seeing the Johnson cards, and we're like, wait a minute, we've been sending them every time. Oh no, oh no. So we did a little backtracking. It turns uh-huh. out I had an old ass address that they moved from like <laughs> ten years, like a decade ago. Oh no! Right at the, about oh. the same time we moved, actually, is when when they did. And um, now, so all this time they've been getting, it's been going to some house that's unrelated to them. You know, their old house. They're not forwarding whatever their mail and, and all that. So uh, just a big public apology. Shitoutofluck.com, everybody. We screwed up. Yeah. And uh, Fletcher's, as of this year, you will get a proper uh, package Do you have, do you have a back catalog of cards? You're going to like send them all the cards for the last uh, decade? That, I could uh, go print them, I guess. I hadn't thought of that. That'd be funny, yeah. right? Give them, uh, that here, would be really funny. Here are the 10 cards we owe you. Uh, thank you for your <laughs> thank you for your consider, consider the matter settled. Yeah. <laughs> so shout out to Scott and um, his lovely wife for their patience, uh, Christine, I should say, uh, and their and their kids and everybody over there in the Fletcher home. Uh, it was not on purpose. Okay, it was not on purpose. Yeah. Uh, all right, we have some mysteries to deal with. Oh, good. I like a good mystery. All yeah. right. You know that uh, unexplained pile of spaghetti in the New Jersey forest we talked about? I do. Yes. We kind of had some theories, and there was an article about and all that. Well, uh, Dave C. in Illinois wrote in, says, Bud and shit, uh, uh, Schlitz. That's the, <laughs> the two beers there. Beers, yep. Uh-huh. I like uh, that you almost called one of them what it tastes like. Yeah. Uh, what both of those taste like. Bud and shits. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it says in the same vein as the unexplained pile of spaghetti in the forest, a few years back, I was pumping gas into my car and I noticed this fully cooked and sliced pizza on the pavement near the pump. Another <laughs> unsolved mystery. Love your show. It's Dave. Uh, yeah. he sent a picture of this. Let me share it. With oh, you. really? Oh, yeah. you let me see the picture uh, is because my, my question is, was it in the box or was it just a loose pizza sliced and left on the pavement? It was a loose, perfectly cut but on the ground in its full circle, not all disheveled or goofed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's very weird. Because, um, I mean, you know, if it was it. in a box, obviously it's like, all right, well, somebody put the box on top of their car while they were pumping gas. They forgot about it. Yeah. Closed their gas tank, closed, put the, closed the little door, got back in their car, drove off, and pizza fell on the ground. But This almost has the look of like, hey, Walter White threw this on your roof levels. of. <laughs> look at that. Yeah, see that? Isn't that great? Oh my god, that's hilarious! It Here, is chat. Seriously, just uh, you guys can see it too. There god, go. and it is not a, not a slice out of place. Nope, it looks like it's been there a bit, right? It's a little yeah, uh, yeah. crispy in a in a wrong way, like yeah. not cooked right. Well, it looks like a Domino's pizza. Yeah, that's true. This is exactly how Domino's brings it to you and leaves it on your floor. <laughs> by the way, that's how they do it. Right. But what a weird yeah. thing to find in the middle of a of a gas station. It's very yeah. Weird. It is. Uh, you know, there is. It doesn't look like it's cut well, so that's what's keeping it together. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it probably did fall off out of something, or who knows what. But uh, yep. golly, crazy. It is crazy. I love huh. that though. Love it. So keep when you yeah. guys run into this sort of thing, this is the show to send them into, okay? Oh yeah, for sure. We want your weird, you know, it's like every time I go walking, you can tell I haven't walked with a dog in a while cuz it's cold because I have no stories. Oh, yeah. So right. <laughs> That's right. Usually you see some new graffiti on the wall or uh, a person walking down the street passes you and goes Borgenschmitz. Yeah, Borgenschmitz. Like, Why the heck did he say Borgenschmitz? Yeah, and then I got to come here and we got to talk about it and figure it out. Yeah. So uh, thank you for that. Also got this about the Charlie Brown Christmas song thing we talked about oh, yesterday. Yeah. 
Cool. Now that is still, you know, there's there's there are arguments going on as to whether it be should be sure. celebrated as a Christmas song. Hotly debated topic. Yeah, the, I'm still the, unsure how I feel about it. Linus and Lucy song. Mm-hmm. I I still say not a Christmas song. Just happens to be on a Christmas album. I will say when I hear it, I have a feeling of kind of warm nostalgia toward it. But oh, that's sure, as, sure. And I don't, I, I associate that feeling or similar feelings to the holidays, but I'm not sure I can ascribe that song specifically to Christmas if I heard it but in you the spring. Like if you, if it came on in, during shuffle in, uh, in July, you wouldn't say, Mm-mm. what? This song I only listen to at Christmas time. Yeah, this I'd doesn't... never do that. Never yeah. do that. Like if I heard Winter Wonderland, which doesn't even mention Christmas any other time of year, I would think Christmas because Winter Wonderland yes, is right. so locked yeah, exactly. in. Exactly. But this, it just isn't. It just sounds like I want to watch Charlie Brown cartoons. That's what that sounds like to me. Right. No, Wicked Kitten, that, that is the song called Christmas Time is here that you're thinking of. And that is absolutely a Christmas song. The song we're talking about is the one that goes, do, 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 George Michael Jr. Uh, or when George Michael, the son, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, is Michael walking Sarah. with his head hung low, and they play that. Pe- there's a peanut song there, and that sounds like the Christmas one where it's like that's the one where it's. So they yeah. using is that what they're doing? Is they're using the Christmas riff? They must be. Yeah, they're using the Christmas riff because that one definitely is. Uh... Uh, is the Christmas riff. Brian America just now getting caught up and saying, is Linus and Lucy? Something like that is the name of it? Yep. Yeah. Said that at the very beginning. Uh, here's your red on air light. Yeah. I don't think he was here for it, though. No, no, it's fine, Brian America. Yeah, we'll let this one go, Brian America. Yeah. Your vision of America being Brian America is still intact. Okay. <laughs> uh, Brandon says this about that Charlie Brown business. He says, hello, bot and scry. And I was listening to December 6th, episode 2565. And I wanted to add my two cents, not adjusting for inflation. Sorry about the, f- <laughs> he's got a joke every, every third uh, yeah. word about the Charlie Brown theme song, sometimes being considered a Christmas song. It's probably that uh, way because some people like millennials on down, Mostly only interact with Charlie Brown stuff during the holidays and thus attribute it for that reason. Ho, 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 the show, though, Brandon. And a little football. Yeah. He put a little football icon. In a little football. I think it's the one that Lucy yanked out of the way. Uh, oh. And made, oh, uh, yeah, duh, of course. Charlie uh, fall on his back. I yeah. wasn't even thinking. That, that I don't know if that's good. really the case, but. Uh, Maybe he's just a fan. Be. You know, he's, he's up yeah, there. He might, just like, he might just like football. And like, that's fine, too. Nothing wrong with that. Oh, we should check in on your. How's your betting going for the NFL? Oh, good. Uh, let's see here. Um, I've had a really good last five days. Uh, $24.35 up since yesterday. Nice. Yesterday was a big day, though. $82.13 up since the 5th. Um, the last day I lost money was uh, December 2nd. $30 down, but I made it up the next day with th- uh, up $38.48 and then $44.14, up $11.91. There's all these fun little numbers like... Uh, um, you know, it's never, oh, 10 bucks, 15 bucks, 20 bucks. You know, it's always like, oh, I'm $82 and 13 cents up. It's come, everything's coming up a bit with your betting. It is. It's doing really well. This is, you know, this, this technique, um, it makes total sense because yesterday, uh, the first set of my bets went through. So like the first set of bets were, um, 10 bets 
I won four and lost six yeah. of the ten bets. Right. And if all things were even, I'd be in the hole. But because you're betting on um, above the odds bets, everything evened out. So basically, as long as you lose, you know, if you lose uh, three out of every five bets, then you'll come out even if you win two out of those five bets. Oh, I got you. Because because they pay more. They pay enough to make up for the three you lose. That makes sense, yeah. Well, that's great. So uh, there's not... On the NFL side, you're getting close to the wire yeah. here, right? Because we're down to the playoffs and we're done. Yeah, it's week 14 uh, currently, and um, uh, we've got just a couple more weeks of um, regular season. Then we've got the playoffs. But again, you know, such a small percentage of my bets are um, as I, that's something I can actually look at. I can tell you of my bets what the majority of my bets are made on what sport and how I do on them. Let's see. Um, profit by sport. Basketball. Profit on basketball has been $492.81. Basketball bets, way up there. Wow. Hockey, $124.32. Football has been my loss, $118.90 down with oh, football geez. bets. Wow. So. Football bets are, are way harder. Soccer, uh, fifty six thirty five. So betting on like English Premier League and La Liga. Uh, MMA, uh, thirteen dollars and eighty eight cents oh, profit. Nice. Uh, baseball. Uh, I must have snuck in a couple baseball bets before, uh, <laughs> like the end of the World Series. I think I started this during the World. No, I guess started after the World Series. So I don't know where this came from. Mm. Uh, Thirty six dollars down on those, but but basketball close to five hundred and hockey. Um, 125. So it's all uh, pro league. It's probably. NBA, NHL, uh, uh college as well. Uh, the, this is oh, college basketball. Okay. Okay. Yeah. The basketball, most of the, the basketball, um, now I'd say the basketball bets are probably 50, 50 college and NBA. Okay. Um, I always, yep. for some reason in my head, I always think that co- you can't bet on college ball, but that's just the players oh, well, here and the we go. schools and stuff can't do it. But so, um, profit by league. So my biggest profits are, wow, it's really close. So of that 500 that I was telling you about for basketball, mm. uh, 250 of that is NBA. 242 of that is NCAA basketball. So it's oh, weird. it's pretty close to uh, to 50-50. But basketball bringing in the bringing in the wins. For That's you. right. Exactly. That's great. And, yeah. It's it's uh, it's fun. Yeah. Well, there I, you I mean, have I'm it. I'm still loving it. Still making money, and I'm still. Uh, having a blast doing it and if you need you know we've got a we've got a topic in the discord about it but if you have any questions just dm me and i'll tell you the the deal yeah reach out it's, to brian i figured out a really easy way to explain it all so right his name in discord by the way is degenerate gambler brian Ibbett. <laughs> it totally is yes yeah. i've moved on in, in the discord from brian Ibbett moviegoer to brian Ibbett degenerate gambler that's right it's your new moniker yeah. embrace it uh all right well thank you brandon for that uh Here's okay. This is one of my favorite things we've that we've done in a while. Okay, yeah. We I get this text from an anonymous person, a totally anonymous person. <laughs> I love this. Yeah. Who says, "I wish Amy's." I'll just read it the way they wrote it. I wish yeah. Amy's saucy book clip that we played yesterday or uh-huh. Tuesday, Tuesday, yeah. uh, about tits 
<laughs> had been read in the screamy Mario voice you use on FilmSack. That voice is now a part of me. If that wild ass voice was on medium settings, please have it maxed out. All right. So I did this person a favor. Oh, no way, really. By the way, yeah. to clear it up for, for everybody listening, especially if you missed uh, Tuesday's episode, the book that uh, Amy was uh, recommending, one of the two books Amy was recommending, it was not about tits. It was about tits in the same way that the movie Die Hard is about uh, packing tape. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Die Hard, secretly a packing tape film. It's really a film about packing tape and limousines. That's what it's about. Uh, I, love, so, I yeah. love that idea. That's great. Yeah. Uh, and Coke. You got to have a Coke. But Bubby, and, give me a Coke. Uh, <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so I'm going to play not her book clip in that voice. Okay. Because I couldn't find that. Oh, I, mean, I could, I could okay. look harder and find it. But that's okay. Because yeah. instead, I took their exact message to us. And converted it into streaming oh, nice. Mario so, voice. So yeah. this text will be read in the AI. Um, <laughs> yes. What is that setting called that like can make it more out of control or um, less out of control? Is it, it says, what did it call it? Intensity or uh, uh, it's stability? Like stability. Stability, that's it. Stability. Uh, so more settings. unstable. <laughs> yeah, we have, we have stability. Three settings. Stability, clarity, and similarity enhancement, and style exaggeration. I put them all in the red. Uh, just hoping for the best, and it did not disappoint. So, oh, fantastic! Here's the clip. Here, uh, 14 seconds. It's your exact text to us, only in the voice you love. Here you go. I wish Amy's saucy book clip about tits had been read in the screamy Mario voice you used on FilmSack. That voice is now a part of me. If that wild ass voice was on medium settings, please try it maxed out. Uh okay, my favorite part. My favorite saucy. part. Is at the end, there's like a er, and then it quits. Listen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Max it's, out. Uh, uh, <laughs> it sounds like me. Yeah. It sounds like me going, uh. It does sound like you a little bit. That's which, weird. Which voice is that? Is that the, that's not the one that came from my Tina impersonation. No, this is, is just that Mario voice that I use for the Mario. Oh, that's right. You said tech. the Mario. Yeah. Yeah. Mario just that same voice. And, and it, and it, weird. sometimes it screams, uh, it, yeah. it matters what punctuation you use, right? So if I if I do exclamation <laughs> points, it's going to do the big loud screamy. You thing. only live twice. <laughs> like watch, I'll I'll show you. I'll do it in real time. Uh, okay, multiple exclamation points on this thing, and okay. I'll now All generate right. it, and you guys will hear it in real time. So this will take a second. Uh, it takes longer when you exaggerate or do this. Eat a pig's butt. I'll see. <laughs> That sounded more like someone trying to do Homer, but it just depends. <laughs> it depends on the mood this thing's in. Honestly, I, I can't really control it. Um, if I hit generate again, it will try to redo it without any changes. Eat a pig's butt. <laughs> it's just like, it's random every time. So uh, anyway, I'm glad we just had an opportunity to do that. So thank you, uh, dude, who did not give us your name. Uh, right. I wish you would have. Hey, Brian, how much was, or how, how did the sushi, not how much was it, how much sushi did you put in your belly yesterday? <laughs> well, so yesterday was, uh, we went to All You Can Eat Sushi at this place called Sushi Rama. It's a um, uh, conveyor belt sushi place. And there are two different kinds of conveyor belt sushi places. Um, some of them, it's, it, you place your order, and then the, I guess your food gets more delivered by bullet train than it does conveyor belt. Conveyor belt, I guess, is pretty much always the way the chefs make a bunch of things they put it out on a conveyor belt um the conveyor belt goes around the restaurant uh usually around a bar mm -hmm. you know um sure 
uh, and then you just take what you want, and then at the end you pay per plate for however many plates you eat. Right. And the um, uh, the things that I really like about sushi ramen, number one, every plate has a little plastic uh, cloche over it, so uh, nobody's coughing or sneezing or anything like that on the food. It's right. it does not. If that cloche gets removed. It uh, you pay for that plate. You better take that plate too. All right. I've never heard of a cloche. A cloche. Yeah, you know, like you've that. seen those like uh, when when they smoke uh, food, they put a little cloche over it. I'm oh, like a um, like a little glass bell. Oh, a glass that's dome what that's called. Something. Okay. Yeah. I, didn't know I think that. that's called a cloche. Boy, when they, when they come I'm out, not... like one's all smoky, and you pull it, open it, and it's like Phew. yes, and okay, the smoke wafts out of it. To, yeah, yeah. I believe. Oh God! I hope I'm. I hope I'm not talking out of my ass as usual. Uh, I think that's called a cloche. Anyway, so um, so they get those, and then the the base, the co- the uh, conveyor belt itself is metallic and refrigerated. So uh, these plates, cold plates with the sushi on them, are going around, and they're not like getting warmer the longer. Uh, the longer it's been around, right? Weston right. writes as normal people say cover. Oh, <laughs> I, a cover covered me is something totally different. Wes, we'll talk about that. Sometime. Yeah, I found a bunch of them. They're called cloches on Amazon. Like, yeah, Brian's right. These right. are these are yeah. like these little presentation it's lids little or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So I go look at my fancy thing I made under this. <laughs> <laughs> Cloche enough for government work. Anyway, yeah. so. Um, so I posted photos on uh, threads of me and Tristan. Tristan and I and uh, Tristan's girlfriend, Kay, all did the all-you-can-eat. Tina says, nope, it would be wasted on me. I'm having ramen. So she had a, a uh, bowl of ramen. Mm. And uh, uh, But Tristan and I, uh, we, wrecked the, we wrecked their deal. Mm. Like, basically, we paid 50 bucks. And when I added up the stack of plates that I'd that I'd consumed, it was uh, close to $70, 68 bucks wow. of uh, sushi that I ate. Each plate, by the way, so their their plates are like two uh, nigiri, like two um, uh, tuna on rice or two slices of a dragon roll or a California roll or a, you know, a spider roll, etc. Right. So there's the plates, everybody. Um, I'm showing in that picture you sent me. Yeah. So 18, you see a stack there of 18 plates, and the different colors are different values. The most expensive things come on blue plates. Yeah. So I made sure, like, I didn't let a single, uh, like, if there was a row of blue plates, like, of all octopus, I made sure I grabbed a blue plate. Like, wow. number one, I like the stuff that's on there always. And I always feel bad when I'm not paying for all you can eat that it's like, Oh, I kind of do want another salmon, but I'm not going to do a, a salmon. Da da da. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, is that his uh, own? Is that Tristan's own pile of plates next to him too? It is. Yeah. Oh my so gosh, you guys plate. ate a lot of sushi. Jeez. Yeah, we did. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> we like <laughs> we made sure we made sure to get our money's worth. We added up his, and he was somewhere in like the the uh, the high fifties, fifty to. 60 you can barely oh man yeah you can barely see his um, yeah i just see him peeking out the side there on the left you can see yeah. the edges yeah but he he polished off about 18 plates or, or so himself now uh, you yeah. see all those people behind us or <laughs> yeah. behind tristan right? i was gonna say trucker hat seems to be checking you out while you're taking this photo yeah maybe well the way that this thing the way that this uh, conveyor belt goes obviously one big continuous loop through the restaurant yeah and they seated us at a four-top table, they've got three four-top tables, 
and everything else is bar shoulder to shoulder seating. And this conveyor belt winds its way almost like um, like the letter E through this restaurant, mm. right? And mm. so so the two the top and bottom uh, horizontal parts of the E are all individual seats, people sitting shoulder to shoulder around it. And then in the middle, you've got the three, um, four top tables, booths. And then on the other side of that, you've got, you've got more shoulder to shoulder seating. So 90% of it is shoulder to shoulder. Okay. That makes sense. And um, you just reach out and grab and, you know, and you just take, and, and here's the thing when they put you right by the kitchen and the the stuff that's coming out of the kitchen goes right by you first and you take it, you kind of look at the faces of the people further downstream yeah. <laughs> who are like, <laughs> who are like, Oh, I was, I kind of wanted that dragon roll, but yeah. Those you gotta, people you took gotta... three of them because there are three of them doing all you can eat. So they all took a dragon roll. And, you know, it's like you pay your money, you take your chances. We didn't ask to get seated there. We really got the, the best seat in the house, literally. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's uh, <laughs> it's it really is the luck of the draw. And I've been on the other side of it. I've been in those seats where you're at the end of the 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 loop and you feel like, the only things getting to you are um, California rolls and um, mango cucumber seaweed mm, stuff. Mm, not so, the not the cream of the crop. Yes, exactly. Oh man. Um, and Clary, yeah. So there, there is the thing with the all you can eat. They they do say everything on the um, conveyor belt only, but. Um, we noticed that a lot of people were saying, "Hey, can we get some?" Uh, you know, they didn't have any eel. They had they had dragon roll on there, but they didn't have any regular eel nigiri. Mm. Um, uh, and so people were ordering some of that and just having them brought directly to their table. And I think they were calling that part of the the all you can eat as well. Mm. But um, uh, yeah, ninety minutes. We we were only there. We seriously were there for. 40 minutes because you sit down and you, it's like a buffet you immediately once you're seated you just start you just go there's not they're not going to bring you anything uh else to let you start it's like grab yeah so seat and eat they call that seat and eat exactly mm-hmm. so you know people only really had uh 30 minutes of us <laughs> taking all the taking all the good fish before uh the dregs um missed it, it sounds uh, so good though ever since you mentioned it yesterday i've been wanting sushi i gotta yeah. get some i did take a video um let me see if i can send it to you i don't know how long it'll take to send though but uh i positioned my phone um right next to the conveyor belt tried to do it in a way that you wouldn't get the people uh sitting you know the people's faces but mm-hmm. it was like kind of fo- focused more on the conveyor belt itself yeah but um let me know when that comes through it should come through in your your uh i message okay i'm watching I'll keep an eye open it's here. a it's a fun little video and is is it uh oh weird i see dots but uh it's still coming okay it's coming yeah uh oh there it is it came through let me pull cool. it down here and let's pull it up and give it to the folks Oh yeah, turn the turn the audio down. There's just uh, oh, it's just it's just ramble. It's just random. Yeah, there's just all right. Here you go. You hear Tristan talking about uh, somebody getting hit in the head. Yeah, that's always a good time. There it is. Yeah. All right, we're scrolling. Oh, look at this. Yeah, it's uh, 
Oh, it just like, hey, all right. So wait, when they go by with a little card on it, what is that? That's to tell you what's coming after that card. So it, you know, you'll see a thing that says um, sake, which is salmon. Yeah. And then, um, and then there'll be like three plates of salmon. Oh, okay. uh, but in most cases, in most cases, you see these empty plates. Like you see the the thing with the card on it, but nothing after it, which means that somebody's already taken all of the things that were behind it. Oh, I see. That's why they're all bungled up like this. Okay. Yeah. Oh man, you make. I gotta go. I gotta get me some. Yeah. Carter. This Carter place found is so a, much fun. We found like a couple of them. She looked around and found a couple of. Around, uh, yeah, and the one the one that we found during the show has the bullet train delivery. So like you can yeah. say, all right, well we'll take the things that are on the conveyor belt, but boy, I really want this certain kind of roll yeah. and then it comes on a separate track right yeah. to you it's pretty cool <laughs> pretty yeah. cool all right well now that you're all hungry for sushi uh now we'll do the news all right because now we've made you hungry and there's nothing to do what oh carter has yeah. an update an update yes update yes sushi place that had, uh, yeah rotating sushi yeah we gotta go oh can we go all right we're going <laughs> I'm, t- I'm taking my Tristan age daughter to the rotating sushi place. Excellent, yeah. excellent. I hope see, they- uh, yeah. See how well you guys can compete. Yeah, with the masters. See if the how the prices are. I assume it's still all you can eat, or you have an option to do that. I, I hope. Um, yeah, this was a special night. The there it was a charity night yeah. for a local thing called uh, Urban Peak. And you paid what fifty? You said fifty bucks per yeah. person. Yeah, it's not yeah. too bad. Well, we'll have to look into it. Let's jump to the news yeah. and uh, see what's going on in there. There's important information just waiting yes. to be reported. Must be related. Really important stuff. Time for the news brought to you by. Brought to you by Coverville. Yeah, it's happening today. And it's uh, in honor of Shane McGowan. It's going to be covers of and by the Pogues. So all of your favorites. And of course, that uh, Christmas that you know I'm going to be playing anyway. Um, covers of things like uh, Neil Diamond's Cracklin' Rosie and Louis Armstrong's What a Wonderful World with with uh, Shane McGowan and Nick Cave, oh, wow. of all people. Um, Fairy Tale of New York, of course, but he also does a great cover of uh, Little Drummer Boy, the, the David Bowie, Bing Crosby version that's really, really good. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, Honky Tonk Women. Um, and then, of course, all your favorites like uh, Rainy Night in Soho, Tuesday Morning, Lullaby of London, The Sunny Side of the Street, and so much more. Today at noon, noon, but Brian, you have your classes. I know, but I'm, the classes are getting recorded, so I'm going to watch them afterwards. Oh, yeah. So uh, that'll Vlog. be today. Uh, terrible loss of uh, a great Irish singer who had personality to spare shane mcgowan today twitch.tv slash coverville he hung out with everybody like he did freaking uh who was it oh i saw some photos of bruce springsteen visiting him while he was sick oh Uh, really went all the way to ireland just to hang out and see him and talk to him one more time like golly can you imagine having that, uh, that level of you know admiration such a charismatic uh guy but boy he had his uh had his problems unfortunately had his vices his vices, yeah. Uh, let's get to the story about a Vietnamese man experiencing severe headaches for five months. Finally discovered what was wrong. <laughs> Chopsticks in his brain. Of course. Oh, man. A 35-year-old <laughs> dude <laughs> uh, in Vietnam who experienced severe headaches for five months was shocked to discover a pair of chopsticks lodged in his skull. I have a feeling he knows how they got in there, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, how do you... 
And how do you get both of them, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, something funky about it. But uh, so they found it through a CT scan. They revealed tension pneumocephalus, a very rare and potentially life-threatening condition caused by increased cranial pressure. Uh, doctors led by Dr. Noonien Van Van Man. That's great. <laughs> Noonien Van Man. Van oh man, yeah. that's a great name. Found that the Nguyen, source of yeah. the tissue was a pair of or chopsticks. No, I guess that's pronounced win. Is it win? Oh, I never got yeah, it right. Win. Yeah. Uh, chopsticks that had penetrated his nose and entered his brain. Uh, a trip down memory lane. The unnamed patient recalled getting involved in a fight five months earlier when he was drinking. Though his memory was hazy, he vaguely remembers being stabbed in the face, possibly oh with the God. chopsticks. Yeah, but if they went all the way up in there. Yeah. This just seems. This it seems. It does. Weird. I mean, it's like. So basically, like went up his nose into his brain. Yeah, not and then not know for and five months. Know. And he still and he went to the hospital. They said yeah. so. Maybe it maybe it poked the part of the brain that remembers when your chopsticks got shoved in. <laughs> that's right. It's just the the irony of uh, of what happened there. Yeah, it's very weird. Uh, regardless, the patient sus- uh, suspected the utensils were lodged in his nose during a fight and had remained undiscovered in his skull. Uh, the condition currently is. Favorably, uh, fortunately, doctors successfully removed the chopsticks through endoscopy surgery and sealed a fistula in his brain. Nobody wants a fistula in your brain. I can no. tell you that. Patient is reported in stable condition, awaiting discharge from the hospital. So he looks like he's going to be okay, but oh, don't let geez. that guy near any place that has chopsticks. Okay. So here's a genuine question. I know if you end it with a Y, yeah, it's endoscopy, but endoscopy. I don't think it's endoscopic. Endoscopic. That's not right. That doesn't make sense. Well, I think, endoscopic. Yeah. Do you pronounce it endoscopic or endoscopic surgery? I would say scopic, but I don't know yeah, if I'm endos- right. Endoscopic. Oh, speaking of which, Mike Pachulik, wonderful uh, member of the Tadpool, always sending yeah. us cool stuff. Yes. Sent yes. me an endoscopy camera. Oh, good. Where good. Uh, here it is. What, do you plug into your phone, basically? Yeah, you plug it into your phone, although I'm trying to figure out a way to get it to work on my uh, computer because I want to show people live and I can oh, capture it. You don't. Have you already done it? Because you don't. You want to watch that first and say, oh, my God, I never want to see this again. Well, I never want to see. I'm not going to show any close-up parts of me, but like this oh, okay. this uh, premium saltine cracker, what does it look like when you're way up next to it with your little, your little camera hole? And this thing, it's like one of those where Sam Fisher in... Uh, in um, what are those games called? Shit. Anyway, would slide these under doors to spy on people. It's one of those because you can see oh, yeah, all yeah, around yeah. the room. Right. It's not just for close-ups. <laughs> Isn't that cool, though? Freaking love that it. That is really cool. Yeah. yeah. Put that right here. Yeah, it's like the one, uh, I mean, like the one I have, basically, where you can do the, uh, like how we were using it to f- fish wires down through the walls. Yeah. I need to use it to figure out where the, the pipe uh, vibration noise is coming Oh, yeah, from. that would work for that, wouldn't it? Yeah, totally yeah. would work. Doesn't have a. We noticed it. It's it's really calmed down, and we don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing. It feels like you know, you know, electrical things and plumbing and stuff like that in the house doesn't ever heal itself. Mm-mm. So Mm-mm. it gets worse. But I'm wondering, am I you know worried that there's some part of the basement that we're not thinking about where it's just filling up with water and we don't know that an- anti antimum or however you say it, the the Wolverine and- metal. In your house. Oh, adamantium? Yeah. yeah. It's healing. It's finding it's uh, nature. Oh, is I see healing. what you're saying. It was like, we don't have any adamantium in our basement. 
that I'm aware of. What are you talking about? Yes, right. <laughs> um, I hope that it's nothing, and then it, maybe it was just a shift. You know, sometimes house, houses have a little shift, and then they settle. Maybe it's that. That's right. By the way, actually... Um, Scott, the adamantium had nothing to do with Wolverine's healing properties. That was his mutant power. That's right. And it was what, what made it able for them to lace his bones with adamantium. <laughs> That's true. That is actually 100% true what you just said. <laughs> I mean, it's a fictional character, but it's still true. Yes, it's as true as, as, as things can get, at least until the retcon. That's right. Uh, or the reboot. Let's do a story about Liquid Death. You know the the water canned uh, water. I do. People? I love that stuff. Yeah, I like. Thanks to you people uh, talking me into trying it. I love it. Yeah, it's very good. Liquid Death rebrands a drink though from uh, Armless Palmer. They called it. It was basically a an Arnie Palmer. <laughs> right. And they uh, iced tea and lemonade mix. Exactly. Yeah. I love those. To dead billionaire after golf legend <laughs> estate threatens to sue. So the 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 Arnold Palmer estate was going to sue him. For yeah. use, I don't think they should do that. That's no one's associating uh, this. We get it. It's fine. Well, why? I mean, I think Dead Billionaire is funnier because mm-hmm. Armless Palmer. You're really just playing off the world word Arnold, and it's not like it's not like Arnold Palmer didn't have arms. He was right. a, uh, you know, he was a golfer. He had two arms, and he played golf with those two arms, and he was very good at it. So Armless never felt like as funny a joke as now Dead Billionaire is way funnier. It is, but I don't know. Arnold Palmer wasn't a billionaire, so what are they referring to? Are they, are they referring to just... Oh, isn't he? I would think... I would think uh, Palmer? No way. Billions? Millionaire, well, sure. Here. I, I can't imagine that. I mean, how much money has he made just off of the uh, the the tea and lemonade mix uh, royalties alone? Don't, if you mix if you mix tea and lemonade like you go to this the uh, the fast food place and they've got the serve yourself and you mix an Arnold Palmer, don't you pay royalties for uh, to the Arnold Palmer estate? You probably do. Yeah, you're using his name. That's a good point. <laughs> all the beverage Curious money rolling stuff. in all the time. I don't know. Yeah, seven hundred million. Is okay. uh, Arnold Palmer's net worth so pretty close dead, to a billion. dead, dead millionaire, but not dead billionaire. Yeah, so I just don't, and they don't really get into why they called it. Oh that. no, I take that back. At the time of his passing, Forbes estimated his inflation-adjusted career earnings total to be one point three billion. Oh well, then I take then then I take it back. But that's adjusted for inflation, so that's a sure. Eh. That's a bunch. That's an extra three hundred grand right there in inflation. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. Not three hundred grand. Three hundred million. 300 million. Yeah. Uh, Arnold Palmer still earns 40 million annually, uh, I guess because of the PGA Tour using his uh, using his name or something, likeness or, or something like that. 40 million. Yeah. Just for. I don't understand. I, I didn't. I'm not going through the article. I just looked at the headline. So it could, you know, it could be total bullshit. His kids that. know what they're doing, man. They know how, yeah. to, they know how to squeeze every, every oh, drop a lot out of it. that lemon. He also gets a lot of money through Arizona Tea, the Arizona. Uh, drink company because they have a line of beverages named after him, and they do have to pay the the, um, the royalties. Yeah, to and those state. have his face on them as well. Yeah, and that's his, right. Yeah, so their likeness and everything. Yeah, that's they have yeah. to for that. And sure. big signature on the side. It's got his signature on there. Right. That's yeah. right. Yes. They make a light version. It's not fully sugar free, but it's a mm. lighter version. That's oh. very good. Yeah. And he, that's good, huh? All right. Yeah, I cool. recommend it. It's not bad. Uh, all right. Here's an interesting one. The UK, Zoe, this yes. is for you if you're in the chat there. The UK bans two Toyota advertisements, or as they call them over there, adverts, because that's what adverts. They do. We sure. either say ad or advertisements. 
they have decided to go right in the middle. And that's right fine. in the middle. And you know what? That uh, feels like a, it's a shortening that uh, I can get behind. I can also get behind it. Although I cannot get no. behind these cars because uh, they're not advertising them, so I won't know they exist. <laughs> so you can't get behind them. Sure. Yeah. The reason they banned them, they say, is because they were promoting off-road driving. If it sounds weird, well, mm-hmm. give us a sec. Ads for the Toyota Hilux SUV. I don't think the Helix or Hilux is available here. Yeah, I think it's a... Yeah, that's a, that's definitely a, a model that's not... Uh, local and that happens US. a lot right weird yeah, named yeah. stuff in other countries weird but. and weird uh makes and stuff like when we were in ireland we kept seeing a whole bunch of uh weird car symbols that were like oh well there's a honda or there's a toyota but then there's this weird looks like a snake carrying a trident or something that we couldn't figure out yeah um, off-brand off foreign car makers i kind of yeah. like it when i see those I think totally cool. yeah yeah because yeah. you forget that that exists right like there's for sure not everything is ford toyota and you know whatever mm-hmm. um let's see uh they banned these ads because the the commercial showed the vehicles being driven over natural terrain they say that encourages off-road driving regardless of the environmental impact therefore they're banning them seems a little harsh but anyway the facebook yeah. video shows a number of vehicles traveling in unison across a wide open plain with mountains either on either side over a riverbed before uh, joining a tarmac road voiceover says one of nature's true spectacles and toyota helix born to roam uh, before a shot uh showing the car parked in a rocky natural environment that was enough for them to uh to pull them and you can no yeah. longer advertise yeah. them as off-road i mean i I, I, I respect a, i respect <laughs> a, a country or region or a a government's willingness to try to preserve their natural environments i'm into it that's great right right um, I don't think people see Toyota ads and go, maybe I'm underestimating the British, but <laughs> I just don't know how they see that and go, you know what I'm going to do? Yeah. I, or, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to take, you know, I, I don't know why they think that that's a thing, but I think I still, I think that, uh, you know, you're, you're very good at, um, at knowing how dumb people can be and how far they'll take something, but I still feel like you uh, you give people far too much credit. Yeah. The general the general populace. You know what it is? It's a numbers problem because I know that the majority of people aren't this stupid. Yeah, but I always I don't give enough credit to the the minority of people who are that stupid. And there are and and when you yeah. say that with a world full of eight billion people. The minority is still a very significant in the middle. Still millions. a very significant number, and I yeah. and I feel like that minority might be like yeah, forty nine percent. Like oh, it's it's man. a minority, but it's not a big minority. It's not like a, you know we're not talking about ten percent or twenty percent. I think we're talking about uh, maybe you know maybe a significant close to half kind of portion. I, I see. I, I see so much. Harsh. Half seems like a yeah. Lot, well, all right, maybe it is, but. I, I swear to God, every every time I drive, every time I'm on the road doing doing Lyft, uh, no matter what, no matter where I am, if I'm at a if I'm uh, in a part of the street or a part of the highway that is, you know, has has told me via several signs that this lane uh, exits at the next exit. This is a right turn. Like this lane will uh, exit only. Mm-hmm. Um, Always, two or three cars in front of me don't 
don't realize it until they're on the ramp and they realize, oh, I need to get back on the highway. And so they yeah. cross over the solid white line, sometimes over the grass median between them to get back on the highway and, and nearly cause an accident with the people in the correct lane. It's, it's uh, you know, I maybe I just see... I just see the the worst of humanity out on the roads, and well, so many people just running red lights and running uh, uh, gated exits or or, uh, or entrance ramps. Not gated, what do they call that? Are they maybe call them gated? Oh, but the um, ones where they like you know, two cars per green light. Oh, people go whatever. Yeah, four cars. I think. Yeah, <laughs> I waited. I'm going. I see a lot of dumbness in those things for sure. Yeah. I every time yeah. I pull up to one, I'm like, all right, everybody. We live in a society. Let's do yeah. this right. Oh, yeah. Oh, and it's like always, it's always the person at the front of the left turn lane who is doing something on their phone and don't notice the arrow until it turns yellow and they make it through. Mm. And there's nothing nothing that gets uh, under my cheese like that, Well, to, what? To, use a, to use a Scott phrase. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. Is it yeah. possible? So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say I think at least there's at least 20% who are frightfully stupid okay yeah, yeah, yeah oh definitely there's stages yeah. there but are different levels but yes. then there's like when you really start digging down 50 yeah. percent of that 20 percent yeah pure psychotics right absolutely yeah like if you're thinking about this in the uh the photoshop gradient creator um it's not zero and 100 uh green to red it's we slide the red part of the slider in about ten percent or fifteen yeah. percent, but yeah. there's still still that gradient happening in the middle. Yeah. But then there's that last chunk that is not a gradient at all. No, it's just dark, dark <laughs> purple nightmare. Dark, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Right. That's a good way of looking at it. Whatever the color of dumb is, <laughs> it is that. <laughs> let's give a co- let's give dumb a color. Um, Ooh. Uh, what do we like for that? Uh, that yellow green um, thing that nobody wants to use for anything it's like mm. a uh, mm. uh, you know it's like a it's the color of sick <laughs> oh yeah what is, the, that? Uh, what is that called that's called uh, not gold it's the it's usually the untouched crayon in the box yeah it's the crayon nobody wants <laughs> but it is yeah, like a puke green I don't know what that is, lime, is Ch- Claire says lime but I don't think lime's bad lime's alright yeah no lime lime is good like Lime's what's usually the, more green. But what's it's the a color of your grandma's like uh, refrigerator range combo back? In oh the well, day. that's avocado green. So that's, that's pretty, a different. That's uh, pretty bad. That was pretty bad though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of stupid. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what. Uh, it's almost like you have to have two really poorly matched colors, and call that the stupid colors. It's some combo. Yeah. It's like, give me blue and or no. Uh, what's just a, what's an ugly combo that doesn't have any harmony? Uh, oh. uh... I can't like uh, brown and anything. Yeah, brown, <laughs> brown that's good. and blue. There you go. Brown and blue. That's a ho- oh, that's a horrible look. It's a horrible combo. Yes, that's for dumb people. Brown, blue, blue, brown. Yeah, we'll make sure. I nope, guess we have gray. to be careful with brown. <laughs> Making sure I'm not wearing a because uh, I'm wearing my same sex Mary, uh, Mary uh, like bluish teal shirt here, and uh, that would have been funny. If it was, brown thing over, it'd be great if it was brown and blue. I would laugh. Hilarious. Somewhere. He hilarious. Yeah, we would have really bitten the the thing that time yeah here we go right here is the look at that can i copy that image let's Put see that right here in our discord let's see what you got here's somebody who's selling uh 10 green yellow cray crayola crayons Ooh. Ooh. untouched on etsy 
<laughs> you know why? Because every time I buy a box of crayons, these seem to be uh, untouched. There should be no other reason you have this many of this one color than if you just <laughs> never use them in the boxes you own. That's right. Right? Yeah. It's, because it's, it's not like Crayola sells this by itself. No, no. It's it's basically uh, it's Homer telling Marge that they need more Neapolitan ice cream because he <laughs> doesn't want to eat the strawberry. <laughs> uh, I love that episode. Yeah, Claire. it's it's such a great line. Yeah, they're like you're like oh no chocolate oh no chocolate Marge we need more Neapolitan ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it pretty pretty well captured how I treat Neapolitan ice cream. I always ate the chocolate and didn't really oh, care no. for the rest. Yeah. You, didn't, you didn't do a scoop right across to get all of them, huh? No, oh. I like strawberry, but I think it's the vanilla I'm opposed to. I don't like vanilla. Okay, never really. Well, unless it's like amazing vanilla ice cream, like handcrafted you know fancy whatever i like that yeah but if it's just like the big white tub you buy at the grocery store that's the worst really okay fair enough they always and that was always a thing of the family get-togethers like hey we're getting together for july 4th everybody i'll bring ice cream and then they bring these like two dollar tubs of ice cream that just tastes like i don't know Vaseline milk or something? <laughs> oh, that's so not good. Usually it's a whole brand thing. Like I stay away from uh oh, I can't remember the name of the like the 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 store brand. Um but yeah, it's it usually store Kroger. Brands. Yeah, like Kroger, Kroger brand. They're the worst. Kroger brand. Yeah, it is the worst. Go Blue Bunny, go what is it not? Is it Udi's or Edie's? Oh, well, there's know. a there's like a really good uh three letter brand. Uh, dryers and briars, you can't go wrong with either of those. Either of the or either of the Iyers are good. Either of the Iyers, yeah. Um, and I like. Um, oh crap! The name of it escapes me. Oh, there's a place here uh, locally. It's it's an ice cream shop, but it's called Brookers or Bookers. Mm. Brookers, I think. Brookers. Okay. And uh, everything's themed like founding fathers stuff, 1700s, oh, really? like all that. And so when you go in, you order like. Uh, I want the John Adams, and the John Adams is like peanut butter, chocolate, something, something. Oh, like nice. These combos. Okay, that's good. And the poor kids that work there have to dress up like they're in the 1700s. I kind of feel bad for them. <laughs> that's really funny. Oh, I love it. I want to go there. But we, their we ice a- cream is amazing, and their vanilla is like killer. It's so good. So they, We have a local one, too, called Little Man Ice Cream, and it's so good that like local shops put signs in their window saying we have little man ice cream like it's a restaurant but they want you to know that uh, eat, eat your food fine but don't forget for dessert we've got little man ice cream is kind of what they're what they're saying was it founded and, by a little uh, tiny man little little guy it's, uh, well i don't know what the the origin of the name is but their flagship location is a giant one of those giant metal milk cartons mm-hmm. or not cartons but uh, milk uh Containers like a milk, oh god, oh, like the old school, like a a metal uh, milk container, yeah, yeah, exactly. I can't think what those things are called, but anyway, it's a giant one of those, and they basically sell that's like a walk up stand in the bottom of it, um, where they sell ice cream. That sounds awesome, uh, it's incredible. And then they added a second location on Colfax. I took uh, um, Barry and uh, Ren. Uh, to that one and it's a it is the Willy Wonka shop like you got a window into where they're making the ice cream and then they've got 
a, a system on the ceiling, like a pulley conveyor belty kind of system where they hook the ice cream up and send it across to the to the place where they scoop it up for you. Yeah. And the big slide in the middle of it so you could walk up some stairs and then slide down the slide. And they have any green and orange tiny people singing as they none, the none that I've seen, but there is a part of the kitchen that we're not able to see. So they might be in there. Mm. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah, Tillamook I like too. Absolutely. Oh man, I and I don't remember the place they took me in Columbus, but it was amazing. I don't remember the name. But someone took yeah. me there. Uh, all right, that is uh, going to do it for today's news. We're going to take a break. When we come back, my sister Wendy will be here. We got an email to go through, and uh, we're going to talk a bit about that. It's also pretty timely for this time of year, I think. You know? Oh, good. Oh, excellent. Can't everyone's wait to showering each other with gifts, and you know, mm-hmm. not really thinking too much about what people really want we just sort of want to just give them shit well maybe yeah. that'll make us think a little bit we'll see uh after that though who knows what'll be after that well we just know there's a song here so brian what are we doing sure this is uh, molly o'leary and you can probably tell by their name that um they're from uh, mexico um, they got a brand new <laughs> album uh called marigold which uh, is coming out february 23rd 2024 um, they, they're an incredible singer songwriter and, uh, this is the first single from their album. Here is Molly O'Leary and the title track Marigold. you 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This episode of The Morning Stream is brought to you by Scent Air. It's the luxury home fragrance trusted by pros. Why don't you go to scentair.com and use the promo code STREAM to get an extra 25% off your order. Scent Air diffusers are sleek and fill your space with vivid fragrance for up to 300 hours. Boy, my office could use this. The Scent Air app lets you schedule your fragrance and control your intensity right from your phone. All of Scent Air's more than 60 fragrances are phthalate-free, cruelty-free, safe for families, and EcoValdis certified sustainable. Have a room that needs a little extra scent attention? Well, Scent Air is here for you. Once again, try the luxury home fragrance trusted by pros everywhere by going to scentair.com and using the promo code STREAM, that's S-T-R-E-A-M, for up to 25% off your order. I'm getting out of here. I'm going back to Waterloo where the vampires hang out. And I'm going to wear my sunglasses that night. You know why? Because women have short skirts and then they feel violated when I look at them. Why? Because I have sunglasses on and I'm weird. To eat things and to make a billy goat puke. And we return. Tell me who that was one more time. Oh, man, that voice, that, those audio clips you're playing, that guy sounds horrible. Yep. Uh, that is uh, Marigold by Molly O'Leary. Check out their uh, album coming out in early 2024. That is the title track and early single from the album. Very, very nice. Yes. All right, let's call my sister, Wendy. Let's call her Wendy? Let's that's call fine. her Wendy. I mean, that's her name, so I feel like that is a... Wendy that's with an a I. Name you, name you can call her is yeah, Wendy. Yeah, I agree. And it name. sounds the same whether it's an I or a Y. It doesn't really matter. You know? Wendy. Wendy. I'll explain the situation to Wendy. Don't worry. Oh, hello, Wendy. How are you? Do you ever get called? Oh, I don't hear. Hello? Wendy. Is she changing her mic? Probably. Oh, hello. Are you back? Hello, I'm here. Oh, mm-hmm. you're here. That was weird. Uh, we hear you now. Do you hear us? Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Oh, good. You know, good, you, thought, here. you thought that oh, edible good. was just a regular gummy, and now you're learning the hard way. But um, <laughs> anyway, it's good to have you here. Did you? So when when if somebody says Wendy versus Wendy, do you get irritated? Does it bug? Nobody you? ever says Wendy. Yeah, because they can tell the I is at the end and not in the middle. I feel like. Yeah. I feel like dad used to say Wendy. 100%. He never once spelled my name right and called me Wendy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, did he never spell it right either? Yeah, he spelled it. I have I have a couple of samples of his writing. He was not a big writer, um, but he writing. wrote my name W-I-N-D-Y once. Oh, yeah. really? Okay, so he really did spell it and pronounce it Wendy. Yeah. Huh, hilarious. Uh-huh. Yeah. Weird, I right? bet he secretly wished that was my name and mom wouldn't <laughs> let him. And yeah. that was his password the, uh, for the song by the association is that that's uh-huh. windy though right that is windy windy everyone knows everyone knows it's windy, windy. i don't know you can kind of go both ways windy isn't it i don't know i, 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 I thought right. it was windy 
know. I'm taking a look uh, right now. Only we had the internet. Yeah. <clears throat> It'd be amazing if we had the internet. Can you imagine life with the internet? Windy is correct. The song is called Windy, not Wendy, oh. and everyone That's knows it's right. Windy. Oh. Is it just a song about the weather? I always thought it was about a woman. <laughs> oh, my God. Me too. Now I don't know what to think. They even have that, that episode of uh, Breaking Bad. You got Wendy, the the hooker lady, and they sing that song. That song is playing. Do they? Uh-huh. Yeah, and it's in my head. They have a little montage of her doing some dirty work for who's, Todd or whoever. Speaking out from under a stairway, calling a name that's lighter than air. Ah, I saw them live, believe it or not. I actually saw the association live. Oh, my wow. gosh, dude. Yeah. Right, write that down and never forget. Yeah, uh, they, all right, they, Wendy, it's, well. it's good to have you here. Uh, as always, we've been uh, uh, back and forth a little bit on we we we're going to do a we we're going to start a series or a possible series uh, oh, yeah. uh, on the topic of. Um, I already forgot what you told me yesterday. Was, Objectification. Objectification. I just need a, I need a launching pad. So someone please send us. Yeah. An email so about, so I wanted to give people opportunity. How do you want that? Yeah. What's what's the what's the context we Somebody want? Somebody who feels like they've been or has been objectified yeah. or has caught themselves objectifying somebody like that yes okay yes because there's a lot of really interesting new research on some of this behavior and uh and what it actually does to us and how we treat others and it has you know major ramifications when it comes to like Mm -hmm. domestic violence Mm. stuff and some wild outcomes like the more um someone has seen their partner as an object versus an animal, right? Mm-hmm. We, we believe animals can feel pain. And so there is a, a different treatment than if you think something is an object, because mm. you don't think objects have pain. And in fact, these domestic violence abusers have m- milder sentences in some cases because of objectification. It's wild. Anyway, okay. so there's a lot of interesting stuff around it. And I just need to not lecture everyone for 40 minutes. So I'd like someone if they would, um, maybe it's there. And and even this, like I would pose for you guys, like when have have you ever felt like an object before? Have you ever had that experience? And, and Mm. here's a great way to think about this is how you then internalize your own feelings of how you treat yourself, Mm. right? Do you treat yourself like an object sometimes? Okay. Um, and then, you know, I can get into the nitty gritty of it and what our brain's doing, but I would just love if someone gave me a little. All right. We'll, do, we'll, we'll the, prepare for that. Ryan story. and I'll be thinking about our end of it and, uh, we'll, we'll get something going. I'm sure somebody will write yeah. in about this. Um, I mean, I, even if they don't, I have this example I was thinking about the other day where every time I see an AI bro talking about some new image generation thing and how stoked they yeah. are about it, this is a game changer and all that kind of talk. It's always a hot chick. Yeah, I don't mean the person saying mm. it. I mean the image they're generating sure, is always some half-naked, sure. perfect, non-human, but very right. pretty girl that now you know. Talk about objectification. Like it's never like, here's a car and the way I think it'd look cool, or it's never any of that. It's always a girl. <laughs> well, it might be a car, but there's a hot chick on top of yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> and it's always a girl who looks just a little too young, in my opinion. It's always just yeah, a little weird. Course. So anyway, we can talk about well, it. Yeah, well, look that, at the video and games and stuff. It's like, you know, there's so much of that in, in oh, video yeah, gaming games, for right? sure. Yeah. Well, and you're 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 leaning into the the thing that we'll we'll go into, but just how that then affects everyone. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. that exact thing, the game changer is literally changing the game of how humans respond to one another in some interesting ways. So yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, we'll get into it. All right, we'll do that. But today cool. we're not doing that. Today we're instead we're going to talk a little bit about material. This is Christmas time, everyone. Yeah. This is, yeah. this was what was motivating about this. I was like, oh, that's what, that's what the Peanuts characters told us. Christmas time is here. That's right. It's here. Christmas okay. time is really here. That's how that song goes. <laughs> so we're gonna read. We're gonna read an email from someone whose name we're not going to read, but uh, it is all about material possessions and uh, maybe a little commercialism, but also just about you know, being a material boy or girl in this world. Okay. Think yeah. Madonna, but less ironic or less on the nose. Anyway, uh, dear Wendy and the boys, it starts recently. I've been grappling with concerns about my growing attachment to material possessions. I've noticed that my self-worth is often tied to the things I own and the pursuit of acquiring more and more has become a growing source of false or fleeting satisfaction. It seems to be getting worse. Oh, I almost sneezed. I don't want to sneeze. Uh, okay. Recently, feel free to if you need to. Uh, you know, it was one of those that already I've, told us, so just do it. I feel like it's going to happen, but then there, then it doesn't. I don't Look at a light. I hate those. Look at a light. Recently, <laughs> oh, does that work for you? Because because Kim did this to the kids when they would sneeze. She'd click her fingernails in their face, and they would not sneeze. It'd make them look up. Yeah. yeah. It was weird. Anyway, recently I found myself in a complete panic at the thought of selling a vintage item, which I purchased years ago with the intent to sell for a profit later, but I can't seem to let go of it. The anxiety and weird levels of attachment I feel are overwhelming, and it made me realize I might be too attached to the material things that I own. I've unfortunately always associated these possessions with my sense of self-worth, and parting with them feels like losing a piece of my identity. How can I navigate this emotional attachment to material goods and detach my self-worth from the things I own. Any advice or insights you could share would mean a lot to me, and I'm sure it could help others who might be experiencing something similar. Thanks, someone named Jay. Then there's a PS. I know Wendy likes more context, so here's a few things. I'm a 35-year-old single white male who grew up in a kind of normal but kind of poor uh, family. I recently moved across the country for a great job. I have plenty of money and don't need all the things, but I love collecting high-end items like watches, shoes, wine, games, and books. My family is not like me in any way, or, uh, sorry, in this way at all. They live modestly, uh, but do not have a lot of junk and a garbage, sorry, and a garage they could never park in. So there's that. They uh, do have a lot of junk and a garage they could never park oh, in. Oh, I thought he was saying he did. Okay. Uh, thank you for the clarification. Yeah. Um, I have a feeling that some of that might be. Oh, for sure. Like you carry it down. That's a. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm glad he added the extra stuff. Always give us PSs, everybody, if you want, you know, if you really want the context to help uh, and it's our not, conversation. And my, my guess is that it's not a, obviously, it's not a genetic thing. It's not a hereditary thing that gets passed down, but it's a thing, it's a value that your parents probably instill on you that, oh, don't waste anything. If you throw it out, you're wasting it and you better save it because you never know when you're going to need it. Yeah, it could be yes. some of that going on. Dad did this okay. with us. I, I do way too much of that myself. Yeah. So, so this, I want everyone to think about themselves as we talk about this. Do every day. <laughs> Yeah, because all <laughs> that's all you do is think about yourself. Uh, it's because this is so universal, especially, and and the underlying reasons are pretty universal too. I don't know if you guys have seen this. Um, I don't know. It's a, you know a thing, a post, a meme, whatever. But it was like, why are millennials so obsessed with minimalism? And mm. it's and it's all these pictures of well, this is what their parents and grandparents' houses look yeah. like. <laughs> <laughs> and there's so much crap in those things. And here's the thing. So you have just within context of different eras of, you know, sort of uh, asset accumulation at different times, right? Like when we bought our house in, 
you know, Salt Lake City, just outside, of, you know, is the house is built in the 40s, just after, you know, during the war and just after the war, there was one closet and it fit maybe a couple pairs of shoes and a few jackets. And that is all the space you needed then, <laughs> apparently, mm-hmm. for your things. And, right. And it was like, whoa, how did they live like that? Well, that, everyone lived like that. That's how many goods were available. And that's what you did, right? Um, but you take folks who went through some, some real, um, desperate times and they save everything and they keep everything and they have everything out. You know, um, I, I went to a, recently to an estate sale and, you know, everything in that house, this family thought was going to be worth so much money one day. And they were like plates that had a, I don't know, a painting on it or like a set of pennies or you know, whatever, Weird. whatever they were sold as this is an investment in your future, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And that they're being sold for $1 at a, you know, an estate sale. And, and in fact, no one probably really was ever going to buy them. And so it's, it's a bit of that, like we have this built into us and we come from people who didn't have a bunch at a point in their life and then we're also humans who have for a long time just really needed that stick to help build the door to our cave. You know, like we're going to accumulate. Our brains are going to give us dopamine when we accumulate something because it's going to mean survival or success or whatever. Right. And that leads up, excuse me, all the way up till, you know, this is status and people think I'm cool because I'm wearing this brand or I drive this car, those kinds of things. Right. right so right. long history, your own family history matters. So I appreciated the little extra with family history. Um, and that seems kind of a, a little obvious version of this, but we all have our version of this. So you may be hearing this like, well, I grew up wealthy and I just don't care about things. And you're like, well, that, that that's the opposite reaction because it was never sort of um, felt scarce to you, right? So scarcity is one of our um, just innate survival biases in our brain to see things as scarce, as resources as scarce. So we will collect and gather and have so we can survive, right? Right. Back in the day, it was, uh, we're all out of meat, or the berries are gone, or whatever it was we had to survive on. And so hoarding that for the winter made sense, uh, and getting as much of it yeah. as you could, and being competitive about who gets it, like all those things helped you survive. Right. And so, and so why would we expect that to disappear? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm not looking at your camera, Scott, but I'm guessing there's a lot of things around you. Oh, you should see Brian's camera, but yeah. I <laughs> I got a bunch hey now, of things right hey now. now. She's talking about you first. Yeah, let's talk about, let's start with me. But yeah, yeah. no, there are, there's, there's so much crap I want to get rid of. And I always, then when I go to do it, I look at it and go, oh, but I really like that. Or, yeah. Uh-huh. See, now my okay. situation though is that's just all I have right behind me. The rest of the basement, sparse <laughs> and empty. Minimalist. And yeah, yes. exactly. Okay. Oh, yeah. same here. Okay. Nothing past here. It's Nothing it's all, past where I the mean, camera can see. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, so let's talk about actually... The things themselves. This is actually related to uh, objectification a little bit. Um, and this is what it got me thinking of, you know, how we treat people as objects is a whole different episode, right? But how we treat objects as people, right? So they don't have human capacity, right? Objects do not. They're inanimate, right? But we relate to them sometimes like they're people. So let me give you some examples. Have you ever named your car? Yes. Have Have you ever patted the hood when it got you somewhere safely? Yes. <laughs> uh, nope. So far, have so good. You anthropomorphized your things or your animals or your tools or your machines, right? So humans need human connection, and so we find a way to meet this need if there are no other humans around. So think of Tom Hanks with the old 
volleyball, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Were you all not so devastated when Wilson? Oh yeah, got floated lost. Away? Yeah, floated right. away. Absolutely. Sure. So yes. how did that happen? That happened because we imbue onto objects um, characteristics that, of course, then you know we bond to, or you know they do something for us. So there's bonding there. Sure. Um, yeah. So it just happens. You know, none of us are thinking too much about this, right? But let's let's take a couple studies that you guys might find interesting. Okay. So this was 2015. Um, took a big group of children and did this. Like a computer game. I think it was a computer game. And But it was fixed. Of course, it's always fixed. Okay. So experimenters, <laughs> what they did was they arranged so the kids would win one game and then they would lose the other game. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then after, and then they would let them win again just so they could not be crying on their way out the door, I guess. So they won one, lost one, won one. So after winning and losing, the researchers um, basically, you know, asked, would they be willing to lend their favorite item? Maybe it was their favorite shirt or toy or something. Would they be willing to lend it to another child for one night? Yeah. Okay. So they just wanted to see if there was any injury, like a, like losing would be creating an injury. Okay. Right. And, and a social context or just like they feel bad about their sense of self or something. Um, what that would do to their attachment to a possession. Okay. Any guesses? What happened? I'm guessing that uh, if they lost, they were more likely to kind of cling to the things that were theirs and be less likely to share them. That would be yes, my guess totally. as well. Yeah. And it was literally twice as likely to be mm. willing to share oh, that much. Wow. If they okay. if they won the game. If they didn't win the game last. So it just was in order, right? Wow. So the ordering, mm-hmm. right? So, oh, really? lost, so they still won and lost the same yeah. number of games, uh-huh. but if the if the last game they played was one they lost. And then wow. asked to be and then asked to share their favorite item, they just were not gonna do it, right? Yeah. And we've known for a long time about transitional objects like a security blanket or like your wooby, right? Or you take a some cloth from your mom's shirt and you mm-hmm. carry that around school for till you're in seventh grade or <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> whatever, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have this like connection to another human and the body of, or, you know, the, it's imbued in a body of an object, right? Yeah. So we've all known this. We probably haven't thought much about it, but it kind of boils down to some attachment theory. We've talked about attachment theory here a little bit in the past, but if anyone's mm-hmm. wants to Google it, um, it's, sort of late 20th century work. This is not like, this stuff isn't that old. Uh, When we were like, oh, do humans bond? And so you have all these um, British uh, psychologists doing this pioneering work because I'm sure they were not getting bonding (laughs) (laughs) while they were in boarding school from age eight. But anyway, so there was a lot of like research, early age, figuring out like how humans attach to each other or don't. And we talked about this a little bit maybe this might be repeating for some people, but just the different styles of attachment that we tend to have. So we these are with people. Let's start that they're with people first. Right. So okay. the attachment styles are secure. And that is when you get your, your main caregivers are meeting your needs. Um, and it's pretty predictable. You can develop a secure attachment. It's just safe. You know, your attachment goes both ways. And you know, feel really good. And when those people then go on in different areas of their life, relationships, their own child rearing, there's a tendency to just for them to healthily attach. It's just easier for them to do that, right? Right. Um, And then the other attachment styles are avoidant, 
And that is often if your caregiver kind of pushed you away in times of need, you might have developed this avoidance style, which is just like independent, emotionally distance, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and then the other is more of an anxious attachment style. And that is where you perceive your caregiver as inconsistent. So sometimes they meet your needs. Sometimes they don't. Yeah. Um, and so you're sort of clinging to or constantly monitoring if, if people in your intimate life are still there for you or not. So you're just sort of always gauging that. Right. That's a, the, that's a rough one. Often I have found, and this is anecdotal, I'm sure there's numbers on this, but um, avoidant attachment and anxious attachment, people really like each other. <laughs> oh, really? That's interesting. Um, yeah. Oh. And it's really, it's a tricky one because. Yeah. Um, is that yeah, like a, because, is that like a weird codependency thing? Um, and that's not the word I'm looking for, but like an unhealthy combo for like, it can so, be, yeah. yeah and very yin and yang right like if i am pulling away from you and i'm you know i'm detached and you're anxious and having to always make sure i'm i'm into you right like that 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 dances can be rough yeah um, and it's not I, it's not like everybody and then you know you can actually get together so, someone with an, a secure attachment style and it really can heal a lot of your uh, other avoidant or anxious attachment styles, which is interesting. Um, anyway, not always the case people have, that's a lot of work too. (laughs) Uh, anyway, but so in 1987, some researchers did, they wanted to put some numbers to these attachment styles. So it's not like everyone's, um, in the same category or whatnot, but what they found is about 56% of, um, people are securely attached, have that style. And then 20% are anxious and about 24 are avoidant. Now we think this is changing. We think people are actually getting more anxiously attached or avoidantly attached at, um, at a at a rapid rate, or like mm, a, I don't know if it's rapid. Just I just think what we're scaling. finding is as people are spending less time with actually other people, mm. Um, mm-hmm. that okay. there is it's not. I don't know what chicken and the egg quite is because I know there's more parenting attention um, and you know meeting children's needs, and you know there, there really has been a lot more around that. So you would think it would just be getting better. Um, but what maybe we're noticing is actually attachment issues in relationships, not necessarily with your parents, um, are showing up in, you know, going back to my uh, dating online problem, right? Right. Where think of think of the level of attachment <laughs> styles showing up in an app, and then you're at the risk of, you know, sort of all of the feelings and all the things and all of the, you know, so it's going to, it's going to really maybe trigger some anxious attachment stuff or insecure stuff. And maybe you weren't insecure to start with and you become insecure, right? So we're finding there's a bit of a thing. And so, so 2014, there was a meta analysis of a bunch of different studies, all, all college students sort of looking at their securest attachment scores. And so we, we have some numbers, which is 49% sort of met the, atta- the secure attachment criteria in 1988 and it was down to 42% in 2011. And that wasn't even when there were dating apps. So mm, yeah. <laughs> uh, so they're, they're kind of suspecting, you know, it's just more individualism, that kind of thing. And the actual thing, which ties back to this person's email, is materialism. Because you know who doesn't ever let you down? Those vintage pair of Jordans that are. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say a pet, but yeah, like it is the it is the uh, yeah yeah. Yeah, but a pet is also similar, right? Like I yeah. I put all those emotional needs on this animal, 
um, and it gives it back, yeah, right? And yeah. and objects actually, again, we imbue some of these characteristics to objects. So going back to what this person had written, like they are wondering, why am I so attached to my things? And it wasn't really until trying to sell something that it was like, wait, I am really, really like, I love yeah. this thing and I don't want to let it go. Yeah. So the only thing they didn't write, which I would love if he had had said, what is romantic status? He did say he was single, but like, how's that yeah. going? And is that, uh, <laughs> and you, and didn't, didn't he say he moved across the country? Yeah. Recently for a yeah, job. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so you've got all new social stuff that is going to be way more in flux and do I belong and you know, feeling connected or not connected, right? So kind of this idea is that the less connected we are in our human relationships, the less, the, the, the more insecure we are there, there is a tendency to have put more on our material objects, right? And notice we have phrases for this, right? Retail therapy, like you're going to, you're going to buy things to feel better about something, mm, right? Yeah. Maybe a breakup or maybe, you know, some other things. So kind of this idea <clears throat> as you cling tightly to your belongings when you feel less confident about the people around you. Okay. So I got another study for you. Ready? Yep. Go. So in 2012, sorry, 2012, um, this is one of my favorite journals of experimental social psychology, okay. <laughs> just because you're going to do weird stuff. Yeah. And I love that. I love doing, I love when people do weird stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So they, pe- people were asked to, first of all, write three recent instances where someone close to them had let them down. So they write them out. And then a second group is asked either to write about when a stranger had let them down or they let themselves down. So the first group is all people close to them letting them down. Second group is a stranger or even themselves letting themselves down. So you could kind of see it this way that that first group was primed to consider the unreliability of close friends or romantic partners. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. And then they reported that they felt less less certain that they could count on others and they showed an increased attachment to objects, right? Okay. Oh, really? Okay. All right. Yeah. And then there was another study that sort of asked people to write a couple sentences about uncertainties they felt about their abilities or uncertainties they felt about their relationship. So again, you're sort of priming them to be in the headspace that they are not so sure about others' reliability, Right. And stick to the things that they could count on yeah. their possessions and their possessions yeah. and either, and either, uh, so your ability or sorry, other people or yourself, you would think that would also maybe do it. Right. But what they kept finding consistently is that it's other people letting them down, not themselves, not their own foibles or whatever that get them more attached to, um, their, their stuff. Right. Okay. So anyway, what they did was they, they got them primed to feel uncertain about, other people in their relationships, right? Yeah. And then the experimenter asked all the participants to give them their cell phones, which would re- be returned after you know they they did some writing thing, right? right? And what they found that those asked to write about uncertainties in in terms of their relationships had major separation anxiety from their phone, um, and then were like flying through the writing task to get back to their phone, yeah. right? Yeah, and then. Um, the other group just was like writing the thing and it wasn't that big a deal. Um, so that's interesting, right? So, you know, your sweatshirt that's like tattered and yeah, golden, golden boy, the one you're something. the one you don't want to get rid of. Yeah, exactly. Or your, your mug that you love or your teddy bear, right? Like those objects are reliable. They're always present. They're under your control. 
and you can count on them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. So what does this all mean for our friend? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. How about we tell him? <sighs> well, you are... Because he's not, I feel like he's not doing it as much. Well, I should, I shouldn't say this because I don't know, but it doesn't seem like he's doing it as much out of a desperate attempt to have things around him he can he can rely on. Right. He's 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 doing things like really expensive watches, and I, right. I have a couple of friends that are way 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 into watches and spend most of their expendable money per year on a new watch or multiple watches. Wow! And they're you know one day it's a Tag wow. Heuer, the next day it's some Rolex, the next day it's some other thing. And <laughs> wonder if there's some sort of psychological thing that they're just trying to get more time. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that's like, yeah. desperate you know, for it sounds time. Sounds yeah. but like it's like. Oh, if I get yeah. another watch, maybe I'll have more time to do the things I need to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, okay. Did you guys happen to ever see Superstore? Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Love that Do you remember show. the episode where Dina's birds get left out, let out at her prized possession, and she's so sad, and they all hide the fact that they accidentally mm-hmm. let her birds out? Yeah, I remember And that. then uh, to, for payback, because she's psycho, she burned all of, I forget his name. All of his the, really the, expensive shoes. The, yeah. the guy in the wheelchair, yes. Yeah, 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 <laughs> the guy yeah, in the yes. wheelchair, yeah. yeah. Yes. And that was such a great episode of to illustrate sort of this, our deep need we have, we put in these other things and trauma and then how we can harm each other <laughs> with our <laughs> objects. And, but what I'm thinking about for our emailer specifically, though, is if you think about, let's just say, I, I could be wrong, but let's just say there is like a, a hoarding tendency at home and, you know, having some poverty questions of just not having enough could definitely, and, and we can all be clear, there are billionaires who are hoarders, right? Mm-hmm. It's not that you don't have enough money, but there is a tendency to feel scarcity when it, it is a legitimate thing. You, you literally don't have enough stuff yeah. um, or money to buy, replace stuff. You're going to keep stuff, right? Okay. Um, so that's the environment. Um, I would ask a lot more questions about that. That would be really interesting to find out how that relates to this. So the niceness of those items makes sense to me that mm-hmm. it's it's kind of the the opposite of the thing, but it becomes the same thing. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah um, no, I get that. Hanging on to them, right? And so maybe growing up, and these are some of the questions I would ask is just what was it like growing up having your parents, like how did they treat objects? Right. How, you know, how were you treated? What what was the the values on things in your home and sometimes it can be totally opposite like oh they didn't care about any stuff and then it could all be to we collected everything and they were so valuable and you know the the uh this p- painted plate that's supposed to be worth millions of dollars one day is it, it it's on the mantle you know like what how were those messages given except you know etc so mm-hmm. i would look into that for him and also then do a you know a thorough check of what are your real life connections like with with humans is there something going on there that your self esteem is so wrapped around um, the items and my value and who I am and you know maybe we would need to do some identity work like what else am I if I'm not the guy with the amazing watch or the vintage book collection or whatever it might be. Cause we all do this to some extent. It's identity development. I am the person who does this thing right. or whatever. Right. So there's some definitely normal, all the normal stuff here. And it's probably not as serious as, is a, uh, you know, it, it could be right. But it really is important when you start to ask yourself that question, when you start to sort of wonder 
What is my attachment to things? And then what are the consequences of my attachment to things, right? You have lots of world religions that would argue or, or philosophies or, um, you know, stoicism, whatever. You can kind of go around the, the rounds and find most will have some, like, idea pointing to maybe we shouldn't be so attached to things, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Some of them, some of them really like that prosperity gospel thing where you should buy yourselves private planes and things like that. But that's more 100%. About, yeah. Right, right. Which is so... We should have another session on shadows, but that's such shadow oh, stuff, right? We should do like, shadow. We, I love that. I know what you're talking about. We should totally do one on that one day. I don't know what that is. Yeah, that'd be good. It's we'll, all. We'll leave it as a. That's a January conversation. Yeah, we'll do that in January. <laughs> and it's all about Alec Baldwin and the failed '90s film, The Shadow. Right? Oh, uh, now yeah, I get it. Okay, that. cool. Yeah, now you understand. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, so yeah, kind of that idea of that that like, hey, to be a happier person is to not be so attached to material, the material world, right? Like this right. is, this is not new. Um, and the conundrum of, I don't actually feel really good about my over attachment or whatever it might be um, is, is fascinating. So this morning, Adam and I were talking about Christmas. We have, I am really good at Christmas. Usually everyone, I'm not, I don't, there's no snow. So I'm confused. Yeah. And I, right. I don't know how to have snow. What's going on with no snow where you live? How come that's? Oh, it's terrible. It's forty degrees today. This is like a raging hot summer day. Oh god, (laughs) weird. That's weird. But you've had cold weather up there. I know. I've seen. You know, you just haven't had any precipitation. But I have what all the rest of you have, where it comes and goes, and there's like a a cold spout. Everyone gets. That's what we've had. We have. We don't have our own version of it. No, and it's true. I'm looking out my my pseudo window right now, and it's you know green grass or green greenish brown grass completely devoid of any moisture or piles of snow or corner, you know, like the, the shadowy corners. Yeah. There's none of that. It's sad. I don't know why, but anyway, but it, so I'm not feeling the mood and I'm like, our kids don't, what do they even want? Nobody wants mm-hmm. Christmas presents. This is dumb. And then I get this email and I'm like, Oh yeah, let's not be attached to things. So I, we thought of this very funny idea of what if you, you know, the thought that counts, right? You mm-hmm. literally just give the thought. So it you, would like, be, you basically tell them, I thought about this for you, or I thought about you the other 100%. day. 100%. So yeah. here's mine. I thought about this amazing trip to Thailand, and I will even find the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> and I will put all of it in, like, I'm going to make it so it looks like this is this amazing trip that's going to be planned. I won't write a date, of course. And here's the planning. This is how much it'll cost. And honestly, he would feel like, oh, you would do that for me? And also, I just saved $8,000 by not doing it. <laughs> so that's what's happening in our house for Christmas. Um, I don't awesome. really know how to undo, you know, how, it, it, it's not that everyone feels very differently about some of these things for reasons, right? Because we all have our own childhoods. We all have our own relationship with things and money. Mm-hmm. And we all mm-hmm. have our own baggage that comes with gifts and giving and receiving and like it's a complicated not let alone talk about family dynamics we're just talking about your own experience with some of these things you know this weird time of year where we suddenly give each other presents and it creates weirdness um but you know taking a look at your own what is your own attachment style with objects is an interesting thing right i think you've got a lot of collectors that listen to you guys and a lot of Mm -hmm. i don't know i feel like painting miniatures is a comment every five or six therapy Thursdays. <laughs> Comes up a lot. Yeah. Comes up so a lot. That, there is some, there is some love of some collectibles and cool stuff and like yeah. having that around you. Right. 
And so finding what actually feels good and maintaining that as opposed to, um, you know, that can get out of control because we're humans, right? We, totally we keep can. gabbing. Yeah. Our brain will keep telling us to get a new thing. It just does. So it's going to take energy to do something different. And often when people can just kind of explore their thing, and I'm going to ask you two to just do that for us real quick, because we're going to ask this emailer to do it. you got to do it for him. Okay. Uh, what is your, if, if I just say any memory in getting something that was an object, buying it for yourself, someone giving it to you, having it in your possession that just like pops in your head is like, the joy, right? Like hmm. you are so happy. Hmm. Um, an Atari 2600 in 1970 <laughs> something. Awesome. Nice. When I found it hidden behind the uh, chair in my parents' room, hadn't been wrapped yet. And so I knew it was coming, but uh, the, you know, the, the, the joy and the smile on my face that I, <laughs> that right. I have from that. <laughs> now you're going to okay. ask me if I still have it somewhere in this house, aren't you? Yeah. Do you? <laughs> I do still have the. Uh, I do, yes, and it's only, and it's not because I held on to it as much as it's because my uncle George held on to it when I, when I didn't want to hold on to it anymore. He's like, oh, I'll hold on to it. Um, but now uh, you're glad he held on to it, right? I'm glad he held on to it. He gave it back to me, and so I still have it. Yeah, yeah. probably never yeah. use it again. Maybe never play it again. Might for. No, I don't know how day. I'd ever even hook it up to anything because it needs those little those little two prong. Uh, things yeah the rf adapter crap yeah yep exactly uh for me it's probably similar well a little older maybe but i was how old was i then you remember when mom and dad went to japan and they came back with a bunch of stuff that yeah. was way ahead of anything we could buy here oh, yeah. so like a big old camera yeah bag, back in the day the battery huge. like you'd wear on your shoulder and then the camera was up here but you had the tape part down here yeah. that seems old now but at the time it was like cutting edge uh, a vcr that like didn't go shashunk. It was one you fed it into. <laughs> so it was all this like Japanese only stuff that wasn't in the States yet for another six or eight months. And yeah. two of the things they brought back for me and my brother were um, boom boxes from Hitachi. And they were so far advanced compared to any other kids, eighties boom box that I knew. Yeah. And I loved that thing so much held on to it the entire time and to this day still have it in the house, but technically Carter has inherited it because she thinks it's the greatest thing ever. <laughs> um, but it still works. It still exists. It's still a thing. It doesn't play tapes anymore. That quit working, but the radio works and it still sounds really good. And I used to, I used to use that as kind of a status symbol. I'd show up to play yeah. basketball on Saturday mornings with friends or whatever. And I'd bring this boom box, hook that thing up and play. I don't know. Duran Duran as loud as I could. <laughs> And the kids would be like, oh, whoa, no way. Mine's not even close to this. Where do you get these? Like it was that whole thing. Mm -hmm. So I have a whole circle of feelings around, mostly positive feelings around that thing and how cool I thought it was. That's awesome. So that okay, so let me tell you how brain studies just prove, you guys prove the point. Good job. Uh, and a brain study from Yale will just confirm. In an fMRI machine, objects that a person has pre previously just imagined as mine activated the same brain regions as anyone's reference to their own selfhood. Mm. So when you identify with something hard, your brain is literally firing in the same spot as it does when you think about who I am. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why it can become pathological and become problematic. Right. Um, and just a quick four to 5% of the adult population um, can have a pathological condition of this. 
So you imagine like you've seen hoarders, you know, I I've, I've read a couple people of a couple people, they watch hoarders to get them to clean their own house. Like mm-hmm. it helps motivate them. It's like their body double. Like I'm going to watch this. This is going to make me want to clean out a cupboard or whatever. Um, because th- it's so relatable in terms of like, Oh, I, you know, because we all have the capacity, right. But about four or 5% actually can kind yeah, of, it's that like you, you see it and you go, thing. well, my, I get a catharsis out of it. Cause I'll watch a hoarders episode and go, well, I, whatever my problems are, it's nothing like this, this is great. You know, like I feel pretty, right. I feel yeah. better it about makes me. It right. if seeing somebody who does it worse always makes you feel better. Yeah. But it also has, it also works as a motivation to never get there. Like I don't want to go there. Yeah. So like yeah. now's the time to work on it. But I've always right. said the only difference I've maybe said this twice. The only difference between a, a poor hoarder, uh, you know, your average hoarder on the show Hoarders and a millionaire billionaire who buys everything he wants, the only difference nice. between these people is one of them can afford all the storage space and the other one can't. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, something to note here. Okay. So, so part of why that is true for every one of us, of course, if your brain lights up when it's mine in my center of self... When you, when you watch any of the hoarder stuff or you feel it yourself is the extreme is I want to die if I let go of this thing, yeah. mm-hmm. right? It's treasured. I'm losing a part of myself mm-hmm. and, and that t- take anyone's part of themselves. They're not going to let it go easily. Right. Um, and something noteworthy here, 99% of all that hoarding work and research and understanding is us and Europe. Mm. This is not a problem in lots of lots and lots of places. In fact, a new study on Taiwanese children um, basically shows that like a collectivist society versus an individual society have a different relationship to material things. Mm. So some of this, the lonelier we get, the more disconnected maybe from um, other humans, the more materialistic we get. And then that feels more like us, right? And then we're more protective of that. And, you know, here we go on and on. But it's also the sort of recipe for misery, right? So you both have these like wonderful things that brought you so much joy and were so cool and are part of you. They're still in your house. That is an example of like, but times that by a lot, you're in trouble, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But you can see like, there's nothing like wrong with this. It's just understanding it, I think is really helpful. So when you find yourself, so back to the email, when he finds himself having a really strong reaction to one thing, really maybe taking a minute to go through the story of it. Like, what does this mean to me? Um, we do this in real steps with when we eat slowly together, we eat mindfully together. Like, what is the, what is the memory that goes with this food? So when I did it with red vines, I was like, every fun family trip I ever went on had a red vine in it. <laughs> yeah. Right? The red vine so, runs through yeah. it all. It's like a, a big giant red vine through your childhood just ripped right it through is. all your And memories. I, at the state fair this summer, they had a giant red vine box. I have uh, pictures of me hugging it. <laughs> <laughs> um, because it's such a lovely awesome. part of my life, right? But do I need to yeah. eat a whole thing of it? I don't. No, nope. I've learned to fix that. But I can still love it because it's imbued with connection to sentimental fun, whatever. Right. So mm-hmm. you don't have to, there's no beating yourself up in any of this, right? It's let's get curious about it. What's my attachment style? How are my social relationships going? Um, you know, and figuring out maybe a little bit of, this is why we donate stuff too, right? We need to have a good home because <laughs> right. we really have imbued it to be another person. Right. Um, 
and a relationship. With and it, some of so. that social pressure is like, you know, well, I shouldn't just throw it away. I should find, you know, there's a, there's yeah. a feeling of like, this will be wasted if I don't give it to someone who needs it or, right. and, and which is, there's a lot of truth to that. But in some cases, my, my stuff, it's like some nerd thing that no one else is going to give a poop about, but I'm just so precious about it sometimes. It's like, well, what if, I mean, if I can, maybe I'll find a kid who wants it or, and then I end up not giving it away because I can't decide who should get it. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've all been there. I um, know. We're all. And so next time you look at your favorite object, call it a name, give it a hug, and then go meet, a friend. To go meet a friend <laughs> and build some bonds outside yeah. of your objects. That's a good idea. Um, all right. Uh, well, we'll yeah. uh, can't wait to hear back from this dude who will also try to do what we uh, did. Think of a thing. Or what did you tell him to do? Is a little bit of homework. Think of the thing that you that you loved when you got it, and then what? Burn it. Yeah, throw and, it away. and no, no, don't burn it. Burn it. But just like get curious about it. Like really try to figure out where that love of it came from. Like you both gave good examples of. Like it makes sense, right? This is so core to both of you, and it represented those things. And there's sometimes a maybe we need to say goodbye <laughs> to something, mm-hmm. but also there might just be. No, I really like these nice watches and I'm going to keep them, but I really need to like join a, you know, a a trivia night and meet some people in my new city. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's it's not the fact that he's having some panic and some other things just says there's more going on and, you know, maybe take a look at it. And if it's not a problem for you, it's not a problem for you. Great. Yeah. And if you have a storage unit or two, might be a problem you know yeah and there's a reason why people who seem to have everything and are still not satisfied end up on like epstein's plane or something you know what i mean like they they start going to some dark places because life and things no longer give them anything they just they just feel dead and they're like well what else can i do i know i can go to jeffrey epstein's island and (laughs) involve myself in that nightmare um at least before was he was a dark turn. Okay. It was a bit of a dark I turn. To, uh, I got something to pimp today because the real oh, steps cool. is over. The round was over. It was awesome. People were amazing. Thank you, everyone. Uh, it was so fun. Um, but here's my new thing to pimp. Okay. This is just for my friends as a favor. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. If you happen to live in New York city, New please York do city. this. If you don't live in New York city, you can also just buy a ticket and donate it to a child. <laughs> Uh, it, this is the one I told you about, the Gingerbread City. Um, it's so cool. It's at the pier at the seaport at, on Fulton Street. And it is architects all over New York City built the coolest gingerbread houses, right? Ooh. So, like, you're not going to see some kid's dumb gingerbread house. You're seeing architectural. It's awesome. Anyway, and they do r- really fun, you know, you can buy kits and take them home and do your own. You can do classes there or whatever. Anyway, so it's just opening. It's the first time it's in New York. She's so stressed. <laughs> anyway, yeah. so go to the website, thegingerbreadcity.com. And that sounds just, awesome. I know. Doesn't that sound fun? I would, I want to, I wish I could just go. How do you and, get the, how, I'm basically, I'd be so curious about how you recruit these, these amazing architects to even do this. Like, right. Even well, get she's involved. an architect. And knows she went to architectural school in New York, but she lives in London. She they there's been one going on in London for a long time. Yeah. Um, and those architects, it's so funny the difference. I'm not kidding. The architects in um, London are like wonderful, and they make their own um, gingerbread. She gives them a recipe, but they do their own thing, right? The architects in New York are like 
yeah, we're not going to make gingerbread. Yeah. And so they had to get a fancy um, bakery to make the gingerbread because people would do it if uh, someone else made their gingerbread. Oh. I, and I was like, welcome to America, friend. Yeah. Yeah. We right, exactly. Yes. So anyway, it's really cool. It's right. There's that huge Christmas tree in front. It's like a really fun Christmas place to go anyway. But, you know, tickets are 10 bucks for kids, 18 bucks for adults. Psh. And if you just are feeling generous and want to unattach yourself to $10, just go buy a kid ticket and then don't go. <laughs> yeah. That's the cheapest thing in New York, it sounds like to me. I know. Yeah, you'll no never kidding. get anything yeah. cheaper. Name anyway, something so, you can yeah. get for 10 bucks. I think a slice of pizza is more than 10 bucks in, in Oh, guaranteed. Uh, right. Yeah. This is your kid gets to see magical architecture. And it's also kind of like eco themed. So it's like how land and water. It's cool. It feels like a museum kind of thing, but it's just also super fun. And that's, the kits are amazing. Yeah, like kits are rad. way less expensive than a grocery store kit of crap for gingerbread. Sure. She's uh, undercharging because she doesn't know how New York actually works. But um, yeah, do <laughs> it. Do give, it. Them the, give them the so URL one more time. What was the URL? Uh, it is thegingerbreadcity.com. 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 Oh, Excellent. In New York, so I could do this. Yeah, that seems like a blast. Right? Wendy, have a fantastic so rest of your uh, week. We'll still see you yeah. at least one more time before the holiday, I believe. That's correct. Okay. And uh, maybe by then, we'll talk about objectification. <laughs> maybe. Okay. <laughs> see bye. you then. Bye. All right. Uh, that was great. Super yeah. interesting stuff. Made me think about my... All the crap I have, I should get rid of. Um, <clears throat> all right, that's going to do it for us. Big quick note here about all the stuff today. Uh, Coverville, again, noon or one? Yeah, noon. Noon. Noon, uh, uh, hour early, and then I'll watch my uh, uh, class. Uh, they, they offset it. Basically, I can, I can time delay it and watch it when I want to watch it. So I'll watch it in the afternoon. But we'll keep things at noon for consistency's sake. Nice. Uh, tonight, yeah. Core will be a live watch-along slash commentary Ooh. of all things video game awards oh. tonight because it lands <laughs> on the same time we record. Cool. So video game awards tonight, all uh, all of us talking there. We're going to come in a half hour early and just do some, you know, some pre-show discussion. So check us out at 5 p.m. That's tonight. Normally the show's at 4 uh, but we're doing it at five tonight. So check. Doing it live. And this, I think the actual awards start at five, right at five thirty. So oh, know, cool. Little Good. half hour pre-show. Uh, play retro also on Friday, along with our couch party for patrons of this show. And uh, if you want to mm-hmm. be a part of that, just hop in the Discord and check out the details. We'd love to have you in there as we for continue sure. to watch. Uh, what if? What if? Yeah, yeah we get uh, Killmonger and Thor in our episodes tomorrow. They're Exciting. The, the subjects of our of our episodes. Did Michael B. Jordan voice Killmonger? And believe the, uh, he did. Uh, believe he came back for that one. That's yep. good. I think that you're, I think you're right about. There's something in their contracts. Where it's like, I think so. It's like, uh, yeah, you sign your life away. Yeah. Unless you're Jonathan Majors and they're like, maybe we don't need Kang uh, for our <laughs> King Dynasty uh, movie. Yeah. How's that going? Is they, has any oh, of that come anywhere? Uh, I think the trial started yesterday, if I remember correctly. Oh, so it went to full on trial? Holy shit. I think they're in the thick of it. Yeah. Damn. Well, yep. Kang, Kang the not so much conqueror. Anyway, uh, <laughs> play retro later that day, 2.30 Mountain on Friday. Uh, film Sack on the weekend. We're going to be doing... Uh... Oh, Film Sack, uh, The Three Days of the Condor, which I watched last oh, night. Oh, right. Old movie. Old movie. Robert Redford, Faye Dunaway, and Max von Sydow. Yeah, and Sydow, not look, he's looking actually decent and not a thousand years old like he did in the... In the uh, in uh, Flash Gordon, no, the possession thing. Um, oh, the the exorcist, uh, exorcist, yeah. exorcist, yeah, 
Because yeah. they put so no, much No, he still looks old him. in this. Does he still look old? Okay. He still looks old, yeah. Just young and old at the same time. That guy's weird. That's right. Exactly. Anyway, that's this weekend. Also, I skim later today. So uh, all kinds of content. Get it in your system. Slosh uh, it around. One more thing. Guess, uh, guess the connection tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock. So an hour before couch party, you can come win prizes that I ship out to you, if you live in the U.S., that is, uh, at uh, uh, twitch.tv slash cover for that, too. Nice. Uh, let's get out yeah. of here on a song, a, a happy song note. Do you have one? To play? A happy song note. Yes, I do have one. And uh, another one that I'm just super excited to play for somebody here. And that person is our resident, like, TikTok uh, comedian extraordinaire, Shoujo, says, Good morning, buttholes. My birthday is actually on Friday the 8th, but tis the season for a Christmas cover request from me. Please play a cover of Santa Baby and repeat this public service announcement, if you don't mind. Do not, repeat, do not combine Christmas presents and December birthday presents into one. Thank you. Love and hugs to you both. Signed, Shoujo. <laughs> uh, well, happy early birthday, Shoujo. We, uh, we absolutely love you and, uh, uh, look forward every year to getting to see you. Yep. Uh, this is uh, a cover of Santa Baby. Um, one that uh, I think kind of turns it on its ear uh, because it's not by Eartha Kitt or Madonna or any of these people. It's by the band Everclear. Yes, they included this on the 2007 compilation Alternative Rock Christmas. So listen to the boys of Everclear sing Santa Baby. Oh man, I did not see this coming. But here we go. Uh, enjoy this song, this version of it, and uh, we will be back uh, Monday with normal stuff. Uh, and all this other stuff we mentioned. Thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs> we'll see you soon.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.